you know, we are, I guess, two weeks away from that that ice storm, but we're still finding stuff that's going on. I mean, not just people who don't have, uh, you know, who don't have water, but the revelations about what happened with energy, the individuals who suddenly have $17,000 bills. Well, guess what? There are a lot of companies that got bills like that. You saw Brazos Electric Cooperative, the the oldest cooperative in Texas, filed for bankruptcy the other day. One man who really understands this business started Ambit Energy back in 2006, just when deregulation of energy started and started reselling energy. He sold the company. But uh, but knows it well. Jerry Thompson Jr. joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fun to watch you you grow, Abbott. I mean, my gosh, and you know, Maine and Maryland and California and all over Texas and everything else. These deregulated markets. So what went wrong this time? Uh, how how did everybody get stuck? Well, you know, there, there's two sides to this coin. One is the operational side of what happened because of these low single-digit temperatures, which caused everything to, to fall down. And Texas is about a you know 100 gigawatts, a little more than 100 gigawatts of, of power generation, and nearly half of that, a little over 50 of that, uh, was, was tripped offline because of the cold winter. That's one whole story. And then the flip side is the financial fallout, which we're just now seeing. Uh, the first pieces revealed of just what has happened to what you talked about, Brazos and Atmos and so many others who are seeing these billion or multi-billion dollar losses because of what happened in just a few days. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easy to relate to the human being. You know, the poor lady in Houston, you see, who got a $17,000 electric bill. But in essence, that's what Brazos got. That's what a lot of these electric companies have gotten, too. Uh, is this is this the coal? Is this what... <laughs> We, well, see, we see who the survives. ERCOT, the ERCOT was set up is that generation when they've committed and sold power to somebody, they've got to deliver it. And if their their generation facility freezes over and they can't deliver it, then they have to buy it on the spot market, you know, in the real time. So that's where generators themselves suddenly incur the cost of that incremental power. Even municipal companies like Brazos is in the same boat. You know, they hedge ahead of time. And a lot of times companies hedge based on, 10-year or 30-year trailing weather averages, and they begin to ramp up a couple of weeks out when they see what the forecast might be. But unless you've bought enough power uh, to cover the incremental load and demand, then you're going to be subjected to you know the wrath of the real-time market. And that's where someone like Brazos uh, suddenly had to provide for its 16 underlying co-op owners uh, the incremental power at those $9,000 rates. Now, the, the, the biggest, uh, wow, I can't believe that happened moment, was when the PUC stepped in on Monday, February 15th, and said $1,200 is too low of a real-time settlement price. We're going to lift that up to $9,000. And they mandated something that was seven, eight times greater than where it was trading. And all of a sudden, that was the rate they kept in place from Monday morning till you know, nine thirty on Friday. Okay, and, and, and in layman's terms, for me, that means in, in, in if if I wasn't didn't have a locked in price, instead of paying maybe eleven cents per kilowatt hour, I'd be paying nine dollars per kilowatt hour, right? And that's that's right. But very very few people, I think, gritty, who's gotten you know the notoriety for the wholesale variable plan they had in place, 
those customers, they had 29,000 out of what's probably today, seven, eight million customers out there. Those are the customers who've gotten all the press for having those outrageous bills of 5,000 or $17,000 for that wholesale settlement price. Most everybody else in the marketplace has a fixed rate um, or is a variable rate that can only be changed prospective net. Now they'll have higher usage and they'll pay the rates for it and rates may be coming up in the future. Um, and the wholesalers, uh, the generators, you know, they are the ones who, if they were able to operate, they won the lottery. If they uh, shut down because of, you know, they weren't winterized properly or something happened, uh, then they had to cover their short position by uh, buying in the real-time market. At because they had to deliver. They had had a contract to deliver. Yeah, and the, and the retailers who are the, um, they're the shock absorber in the middle. You know, they get hit with that higher $9,000 rate for the incremental power, but they can't pass that along to their customer, to the consumer. So they're the ones, and you'll see a lot of this in the next few days, who uh, just won't be able to come up with the cash that's needed to cover their ERCOT bills. And they'll default, and in many cases will, you know, go into bankruptcy or be taken over. So what happens to so that? Ca- what, is there a... I mean, I know there are mechanisms if an insurance company goes under and there are, you know, funds that are set aside. Is there any precedent for this? There's nothing of this magnitude. Nothing has ever happened out there. And, you know, in the past, when a company has failed, uh, their loss or what they were unable to pay to ERCOT was socialized on a pro rata basis across the entire marketplace. So the Vistras, the NRGs, the Ambits, the Streams of the World would step in and pay a pro rate of share to cover what that other company that defaulted was unable to pay. But in a situation like this, you know, if, if somebody defaults for $2 billion and you've got a 5% market share, that means you owe a hundred million dollars virtually overnight to ERCA and very few companies have that kind of cash uh, position to be able to meet that requirement. So it's going to unravel even further in the weeks to come. So it and just keeps on going down the line. I, I, who, who gets the, who gets stiffed in the end? Everybody. <laughs> Who's going to pay it? Yeah. Well, uh, the state legislature just happens to be meeting at this moment in time. And last night, um, I heard that the number one and number two highest priorities in the Senate will be to remake uh, ERCOT and then to make certain we have grid reliability. But the reality is uh, you can't pass along something of this magnitude to ratepayers, and it's going to impact everybody across the state. So this is me talking. My speculation is the state ultimately will step in and reprice everything. Uh, they'll come back and re-rate these, these incredible bills uh, because of ERCOT's, or the PUC's action of taking that $1,200 real-time settlement price and suddenly just mandating that, well, it's now going to be $9,000. So they increased it sevenfold, but I don't know if they increased the, the amount of electricity being supplied to the grid by anything. It may have, it was a, a windfall to those people producing, but it just, you know, was something that made the pain even greater for those people who were on the buying end. Well, well so has the, has the playing field changed? I mean, I, as a consumer, I, I could go on power to choose org and I could choose Ambit or, I don't know, any of a number of people and, and get, you know, a pretty darn good deal on, on my electricity. Are those days over with? Well, it, when they talk about remaking 
ERCOT and uh, re taking a fresh look at everything and uh, deregulation. Uh, you never know where the legislator is going to come out and to do that all in two months time until they, you know, quit in in May um, is, is going to be hard to do. I think it's going to be very difficult, and we haven't heard yet, for the independent retail providers to really get through this thing without uh, a fresh infusion of cash for anybody to survive. If anybody just put the numbers money are in staggering. It. They're just staggering. Yeah. We haven't heard, you know, this is hitting municipalities too. Denton coming in and saying, we spent more on that Tuesday, February 16th, and we spent all of 2020. <laughs> so for the week, it was $300 million of uh, damage for, for Denton. And, you know, you just, you're not going to pass that on to your citizens. And still you've got other issues that ripple from there. So we'll have to see where the legislature goes, but they're very reluctant to see consumers pick up this kind of a tab, especially when the the ones who really won um, are, are traders and yeah. others who are out and there in the marketplace. And you're not going to be able to go back in the pockets and get it out of, you know, Jerry Jones who made it at Comstock or something like that. I, you know, well, I'm, I'm reminded in a case like this, the Warren Buffett line, at least he gets credit for it, which is you never know who's swimming neck until the tide goes out. Well, And now the tide's – but you're, what you're telling me is the tide hasn't finished going out. No, the tide hadn't finished coming out, and it was a tsunami that came in. And so it, it can be a long time before that pulls out. But I think uh, the extent of the financial damage that this thing raked across the state is just now becoming apparent, and it'll, it'll continue to grow in the days to come. I think people are trying to sort this thing out on how they release it, how they discuss it, what are their options. And uh, a lot of companies have to look at, you know, bankruptcy or emergency influxes of cash. So, yeah, it's it's uh, unlike anything anybody had anticipated leading and it, up to it. And, and still going on. You know, your your timing for selling Ambit was pretty darn good, I'd say. Well, it, it yes, it was in hindsight. <laughs> but, you know, we were uh, – I wasn't alone among the reps who were – you know, pounding the fence saying, hey, this thing is really dangerous. When this thing trips, it's going to hurt the rep community, but could also hurt the generators out there and a lot of other folks who you're not considering. Yet at the time this pricing formula was put in place, the concern was how are you going to get enough generation for the fast-growing state of Texas? And you're getting older thermal plants, coal, natural gas, and, and, and nuclear, you know, basically getting retired just because they had reached old age and it was time for something new. And the economics for new plants didn't make sense. And so PUC decided, well, we're going to put in this formula where you can get $9,000 an hour if uh, we trigger it during these extreme weather events. And again, before this week, uh, that week, uh, it had only been tripped three hours of, I don't know. In the su- in, in a summertime, I think it was, yeah. In the summertime. Yeah. Never before in the winter. So it was something that was unattended. It's like a, a little bit's okay, but too much of a good thing could be an awful thing. <laughs> and this, this is what we ended up with. Well, there's, you know, if you've got time in your hands, there's probably a good book in here, in here someplace. But we are still living this book. Jerry Thompson is the... Uh, the founder of Ambit Energy and an expert on all things deregulated, you know, communications, energy, anything else. It's always good to chat with you. I always learn something. Thank you.
Thank you, David. Have a good day. Thanks for Barbara conversation with Mr. Thompson. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.